You are listening to the Missions History Podcast, brought to you by the International Mission Board, where we remember the past to inspire the future. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to Missions History Podcast. I'm David Brady, and my co-host is... Scott Peterson. Welcome to this episode. Today, we have the privilege of talking with a friend and a brother in Christ in Nigeria, Alan Olentunde. And we'll be talking about the beginning of our Southern Baptist work in Nigeria through the life of Thomas Jefferson Bowen. So, Alan, tell us how you're doing today. I'm doing fine. Great. And I hear you're standing outside and I hear some of the uh, the crickets or something. I don't know what it is, but I like the sound. It sounds good. <laughs> okay. We're That's he- great. We're hearing the nightlife of uh, Nigeria. Um, Alan, tell us a little bit about your background and about your conversion to Jesus Christ. Um, uh, I'm a native of Ijayorili, Oboyo State, which the the forefathers later migrated to Ijayi, Abeokuta, Ogo State. And I'm privileged to say that Bowen started the mission work in my native land, Ijayorili. I am married to Temitayo Olatunde, and we have three children, Helen, Jemima, and Kezia. I'm presently the chaplain of a school, Patas Samuria Baptist Grammar School, Abeokuta, Nigeria. One. I'm an ordained minister of the gospel under the Nigeria Baptist. I'm an ordained minister of the gospel under the Nigeria Baptist Convention. My passion for mission started with the book I wrote on the missions in the dark soil, the life and work of Thomas Jefferson Bowen in Africa. Uh, it is written to show my own diluted passion for a great commission. I have p- passion for missions and missionaries, both within and outside Africa. Uh, I love to read. I love to draw. I design websites. I travel for adventure. I conduct research. I produce documentaries, and I like to watch detective movies uh, like uh, James Bond, 007. <laughs> I love doing that. I love watching it. I tell you, Alan, you know, there would be one word we would use for somebody like you in America, and that is that you're cool. You really, you like, a, you do a lot of stuff, and you have a lot of, God has gifted yeah. you in many ways. Tell me a little bit yeah, about, yeah, you yeah, said yeah. Timmy yeah, Taya is your wife. Tell us, you said, uh, I believe in an earlier conversation, she is from the north of Nigeria and did not grow up in a Christian home. Tell us about her conversion to Jesus Christ. Okay. My wife, Tibintai Olatunde, was born and bred in the north, especially Kaduna State. She was uh, raised by a Muslim parent. And uh, though the mother is late, the father is still a Muslim. And by the grace of God, she met Christ as she was growing up. And today, she even got married to a pastor, which means God is great. Yes. That's how she met Christ, and she's now a Christian, even serving with a pastor. Uh, praise the Lord. That's a wonderful story. And Alan, we, today, Scott and I would like to talk to you about Thomas Jefferson Bowen, But before we talk about his life, tell us how you first heard of Bowen 
and became interested in learning more about his life and his ministry. In 2011, when I was in the uh, seminary, Nigeria Baptist Theological Seminary, one of our uh, uh, instructors came from University of Ibadan to uh, present a paper on Bowen and some things that has to do with Baptists. I was fortunate to be in the chapel on that day. I listened to the presentation. Since that day, I got in love with Bowen. And not only that, because Bowen started his work in Ijai, and I'm from Ijai, Orile, I love to know more about the man that imparted my native land. And that led me to pick the topic uh, that has to do with Bowen on my long essay when I'm about to conclude my Master's of Divinity in Missiology. So I wrote on Bowen as my long essay. And is that what now is Missions in the Dark Soil? Yes, yes. I converted the research work into the book now. Wonderful. Well, we are very grateful, and um, I've read your book, and so has Scott, and we thank you for that. We encourage all of the listeners of MHP to uh, go online, and we'll put a link in the show notes to Missions in the Dark Soil, and you can read it for yourself. That's great. One of the things, um, Alan, that I wanted to say about your book that I appreciate is how you link the historical uh, aspects of Bowen with the contemporary missiological needs in the Nigerian convention today. And I like how you you don't let just history be in the past, but you show how it can help and guide us in the in the present. Yes, I did that because I discovered that history is nothing when it's just read and it's not applied. And sometimes history repeats itself. But it's left for us to study the history, to learn from the history, and change the history. Whatever we are able to get from the history, I think the application should be used. There are downfalls, there are mistakes, we need to learn from it and make amendment for a new mission work. I try to apply it because I discovered that some things Bowen passed through is still happening even in our mission endeavor in Nigeria. So, so Alan, um, would you be, could, before we get into Bowen's life, could you share a couple of things that you've learned from his life that uh, relate to ongoing work in Nigeria now? Uh, Bowen was a man with a great passion. And uh, the passion has been there since he, he was in the U.S. And I discovered that the passion did not die there. He brought the passion to Nigeria. And I can say that uh, Bowen, now in Nigeria, when he was in Nigeria, he was a man with passion and resilient spirit for the survival of Baptist mission work in Nigeria. He started where, and the war continues greatly now. He has passion and resilient spirit. Another thing I can say about Bowen again is that he has a positive response to Macedonia call to Igbo, Yoruba land. And the work speaks greatly after him today. Even the people of Yoruba land, 
cannot forget the great work he did for us. I can still talk about his military support uh, as every king's rider to end incessant war in Abekuta when he was there. You know, one professor said, Professor Ikimi said, he said, Bowen came not as only a savior of our soul, but also as a savior of our bodies. Then I see another thing is literary skill in putting Yoruba grammar and lexical right for Yoruba people. Another professor I love, Professor Ademolaja, he also said in a quote, said, Bowen's commendation effort and immense help are unto many of his missionary colleagues who came after him in mastering the Yoruba language and interacting relatively easy, easily with the people, which means what Bowen did was not only for himself, but also for the other white missionaries that came after him. I can also talk about his historical literature on, on Central Africa. You know, he made our past as a Yoruba people documented for us. When the literacy ability was not there, even for us to document it for ourselves. And it gave us possible access for, for these present generations to know our source. Another thing I see about this great Bowen is, is freedom and activist spirit in seeing to the end of slave trade in Nigeria. Thank God that he, 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 he joined Queen that time to sign the treaty to end the slave trade. I thank God that he did that. Maybe I too will have become a, a slave and my children will also become a potential slave. So he joined in signing the slave trade abolition treaty. Mm. And I give, I gave him kudos for that. His pioneering adventure and life in all climatic condition of Africa, I mean the region of Africa, becomes the framework for coming missionaries and a structure to strengthen future mission. Whoever needs to pioneer a mission needs to read about Bowe. And his passion of preaching and teaching, I want to say this, he made boys and guests of that time. Though those boys and girls, their parents died after Bowen left, there was a war. And the parents that really listened to Bowen died. But the children, I, I believe that Bowen did not neglect them. They kept the Baptist work. It started when long war kept white missionaries away from Yoruba land. And uh, these men, young boys that became a man now, they are the ones that add on to that Baptist work, even when we don't have presence of white missionaries again. I can say all these things and more and more about Bowen. Really, he has impacted us as a nation, as a Yoruba people. And Alan, when when did Bowen come to Yoruba land? He came in uh, 1850, August, uh, August uh, 5th, 1850, he landed in Badagri. I think that was the time recorded that he came to uh, Yoruba land. And, and from there, did he travel to Abiyukuta? And that's that's where you live today. Is that right? Okay. Uh, let me just tell you about that. When he came, uh, uh, you know, he left America on 22nd February 1849, and he got to Badagri on uh, 5th of August 1815. He chose to go to Igbo out of numerous villages and towns in Nigeria at that time. I just want to ask this question, why Igbo? 
Why did he prefer a boho? I want to say this that it was a Bowen's de desire. In his book, Central Africa Adventure and Missionary Labor in Central in several countries in the interior of Africa, he said, and I quote, one of my first keys on entering Badagri was to inquire of way to Bo, which is rightly spelled Igbo. For this was a place to which I had started, and no other time in Africa would satisfy my desires. So I want to say that for him to come down to Igbo, it has to be with uh, his desire. Another thing, why he decided to go to Igbo is there was a fulfillment of Macedonian appeal. Bowen was pre-informed about a convert of Wesleyan Mission, who was from Igbo in a book he read in America. The convert was called Simeon of Igbo. He earlier pleaded for white man visits to Igbo to preach the gospel of Christ to his people. Possibly the book became a Macedonia call to Bowen. And uh, when Bowen landed in Badagri, he first looked for Simeon, who gave him a clear clue to get to Igbo. And Simeon even promised his support on the journey. Another thing that uh, interested Bowen to Igbo that it was a good place for mission startup and, and for mission adventure. You know, Igbo was the capital of old Oyo Empire and the headquarter of Yoruba people at that time, with a ruling king called Alafi of Oyo. It was a big town with great prospect for mission station. Also, uh, he anticipated that it would become a tourist place, which all other people also will want to come. And uh, he also desired to be there uh, because of his adventure. And I want to say this lastly on that, also that geographically, Igbo appeared to Bowen because it was not world. The movement through the interiors at that time might look good to Bowen's understanding of the map. And he wanted to move straight from Bagdadri to Igbo northward. So uh, when Bowen now came to Bagdadri, he sought for the man Simeon of Igbo, and he, he had no option but to look for him. And when he got him, he discovered that the man could not go with him. So he needed to pass through Abel Kuta. So he diverted to Abel Kuta. He's supposed to go to Igbo straight, but there are some four reasons why he need to divert himself, his journey to Abel Kuta. There was a fratricidal war in the country that time which means brother to brother, they killed themselves. Uh, there was slave trade. So the, the means of getting money is to surrender your brother to the slave master. So what that involves brothers killing was on that time, and it was like a civil war and an Yoruba land. And the only thing they could do is to stop him from going into the thick of the war. Number two, every small village and town closed their gate against the intruders enemies, and the white missionaries. Why? Now, they obeyed the, the strict instruction and unbroken order of their superior kings of the em empire. They always obeyed the empire. And that has been, and it has, even to today, Yoruba people, we are family. We respect our leaders. Number three, staying over at Abelkuta was the only option left for Bowen if he would still continue his pioneering mission to the interior. And the last one is Abel Kuta at that time was the only relatively peaceful and accommodating place out of other villages or towns in Yoruba land. 
So he agreed to stay for a while in Abelkuta. And for him to stay in Abelkuta, uh, he was able to uh, do some things. Within three weeks, he tried to escape to Igbo. <laughs> Still, the king refused his request. Uh, Bowen was not the first white missionaries that wanted to pass through Yoruba land at that time. But the chief disallowed them because the chiefs also blocked Bowen to play safe. They did not want to betray their fellow Yoruba people in the Yoruba Empire, where Igbo was. The presence of white men used to arouse fear and fratricidal war that led to slave trade. So that is why Bowen had to stay in Abelkuta for some time. And he stayed in Abelkuta for 18 months. And staying in Abelkuta, he was able to. Yes, you want to say something? Yes. So in Abelkuta, that's where he begins to learn the Yoruba language. Is that right? Yes. 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 Maybe I should talk about what he was able to uh, achieve within the, the 18 months in Abuja. Yes, that would be great. Bowen uh, was able to achieve the kids in Abuja. Okay, he studied Yoruba language within the month. Within, he was able to have a contact with uh, Samuel Ajayi Kada, which is uh, a first black missionary here that translated English Bible to Yoruba language. And he was able to relate with the northerners that also speak Yoruba. He was able to relate with the Yoruba people and he, he put some letters together to form sans. He learned, Yoruba, he learned the local language for the mission work. He believed in contextualized gospel presentation in local language. So he preached in Yoruba language while other missionaries converse in English language with the help of interpreters. He got acquainted with the character of Yoruba people. In his book, he explained in details the culture of Yoruba people, and I love that. He witnessed the Daume women warriors at war against Yoruba people. I want to believe that Bowen was happy to witness that. His passion for safety of Yoruba people prompted him to assist the Yoruba warlords with military tactics to win war. Though he was criticized, yet he did not hold his support. Other missionaries did not see what he saw. They only enjoyed the war as a war film with their telescope on high heel. Bowen was happy to witness the Daume women warriors at war against Egba people. It was a real adventure. His passion for safety of Egba people prompted Bowen to assist them. I mean the Egba warlords with military tactics to win war. Though he was criticized, yet he did not hold his support. Other missionaries did not see what he saw. They only enjoyed the war as war film with their telescope on high hill. Uh, Bowen had contact with Mr. Crowder, a native missionary who came with Henry Townsend to start CMS in Abel Kuta in December 1844. And he learned Yoruba language from Crowder's Bible translations. Oh, so that's Bowen, where he learned it from, was from Samuel Crowder. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes. He learned from Crowder Bible's translations. Uh, Bowen wanted peace. Why? Mission works tries better when people are at peace. Yes. That is why I can call Bowen 
a man of peace. Yes. That's a wonderful he word. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great about him. And I love to be like him, a man of peace too. A man of peace. Yes. And after Abiyukata, tell us about his moving up to your hometown, your home, your family home of, okay. of IJ. Okay. Uh, he, he made three attempts to Igbo. The first attempt failed. He passed through Ijaleketu. Second attempt, he got there to Ijaleketu again by the invitation of the king. And the, the villagers and the ruling council, which is more of the Mohammedans, the Muslims, they burnt his house and the palace that very night. Though he was able to stay there for a month, but not with joy and peace. So he left the place and returned back to Abekuta again. He found his route through another place, and uh, God gave him a breakthrough. Who went past through a place called Iberekodo in Abekuta with just a sleepover because the governor of the land only wanted him to pass through. Next day, uh, he passed through another place called Biolon Upelu, now called Lanlate. It was a hilly place. On the third day, he reached Hawaii and also a place called Lashimeji. The governor of the place expressed their great joy that a white man comes to their place. And on the fourth day, he passed through several villages, and some of which stood on high, on high mountains and arrived in saying, When he got to saying again, he was refused. He even offered them a, a, a small Yoruba book he wrote. They rejected him because Bowen said there are many Mohammedans in his saying, and about 300 of them attended the council. It was scarcely, it was, it was uh, necessary to add that under such influence, the king declined to receive me. So he left. Now, later on, he tried again. He returned back to Biolonupelulanlate, which is an island. He had a, he met a chief there, which is called Bioku. Bioku gave him free and that in my land, you are free to stay here. If you go to Isain, Isain as a, a little boy, as a king, Isain is a king. He gave free opportunity to go and to stay. Let me read what it says. Say, go and tell the white man that if no one else will receive you, I will. My town is small, but I have plenty of hogs and cows and sheep, and I'm at peace with all neighbors. He may stay here as long as he chooses. And that's why he stayed here for a few days. In the process of preaching to people for like seven days, he encountered a lady called Oindala, which is rightly spelled Oindamola, which can be interpreted honey mixed with wealth. Honey mixed with wealth. Now, honey Alan, mixed with wealth. And Alan, this... Honey means honey. Ola means wealth. Wealth. So tell Oni us, so he's in this means... town of Bai Olorun Pelu, and he meets this, or this woman is listening to him preach. Tell us yes, what yes. happened. What happened that was the beginning of something that continues to this day. Okay. Uh, when Bowen got there, he had opportunity to preach to people, but one lady, uh, it was a middle-aged woman named Uinda Mola, came almost every morning to hear Bowen preached. And this young woman 
became Bowen's first convert and wanted to be baptized, but Bowen did not baptize her, neither other persons. Though he regretted his refusal, I want to read what Bowen said. Okay. Some judicious brethren in America have regarded this refusal as a violation of the commission. My own opinion is that I ought not to have left the village if I had baptized Oida Mola and some others who are ready and had and had sent home an ardent appeal for help. The mission might at once have been established on a firm basis. But I then thought that I should exploit the country and prepare for establishing ourselves in some of the large towns. In fact, I was too curious to see the country. So I can say curiosity of the adventure and desire to start big mission world is allowed from staying in that place, which is called Lanlate. He left the place because he really wants to start big and possibly influence the foreign mission board. It, that's that's very interesting. And and he, he regretted that, though, didn't he? Yes, he did. And so um, uh, just tell us a little bit about um, that station that they began at IJ. What what were some of the early effects in that province in that area which is really your your home region okay you know when he, he, he let that got opportunity to go to ijae which is uh, my native hometown uh you know there was a uh, a kind of uh the king the kings the emperors of those area wanted him to come three kings wanted him the 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 shaki First, the king wanted him, wanted him. The Alafi of Oyo wanted him. And Kurumi of Ijailan also wanted him. But Kurumi was a warlord. He was so powerful. And he, he, he ruled over some small, small villages close to where Bowen was. And he gave them order that no one must allow Bowen in. At the, at the end, Bowen gave up, moving to Igbo. And Bowen accepted to start Baptist mission work, uh, mission station at Ijaye. And and Kurumi it, even gave him land. At Ijai. Is that? At Ijai, are there any Ijai, yes. Are there yes. any uh, remaining um evidences of Bowen's time there? Any physical reminders? Yes, yes. I visited the place when I was putting my research together. Uh, I was shown the river where he used to baptize people. They call it River Oshi. I saw the, the river. It's just a stream now, flowing. And I saw the location where Bowen built his house, which is now uh, a, a secondary school. Possibly Bowen was a man of education. He, you know, the wife started our Sunday school there. And... Uh, Possibly he had a, a mission to start a school too. But at, at that very location where he lived, the land where the Kurumi gave him has now become a site of uh, uh, Ijai Grammar School. There's a school there now. And also, Bowen built a chapel which was destroyed when there was war. And uh, after that destruction, and another one was built, which is still there now. The second one that was built after Bowen went to Bomosho, 
uh, left Nigeria, sorry, he's still there. And I, and I was able to enter the place. I moved around inside the chapel. I saw everything. Another thing is that there is a relic of the house lived by Konomi, the warlord. I saw the house, the remnant of the house, which also a trace that somebody called Kurumi was alive when Bowen was also there. Wow. And also, there was a, a, a kind of a monument uh, put together, built to remember Bowen and his wife for the great work they did in Ejai. So all these things are still there. Yes, that's that's a, that's amazing that the uh, memory continues. Um, Alan, let me ask you this: you sh- you we we talked about this, but I'd like to for us to just take them one by one. Tell me some of the lasting effects, some of the things that you think uh, have remained from the work or lessons learned from the life of Bowen. So, if you would kind of walk me through those one by one, and we'll talk about them. Okay. I can say that Bowen's work today in Nigeria has been like a seed planted 1850 and today has become a tree with other trees under. I can say that uh, for us as a Nigeria Baptist Convention, Bowen has done so much and uh, today we cannot forget him. He established Baptist mission work and the Baptist mission work also moved to Bomosho, which became the, the, the central place for the Baptists in Nigeria. So as of today, so as oh, of you, today, you're, you're saying that Obamasha becomes the sort of the center of Baptist work. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. You know, the, the work he did in Ejai was not really too successful. I want to tell you in Ejai, I, I think the only church there that is Baptist is the, 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 the first Baptist church with Bowen started. I think that is the only Baptist church that is in Jaya for now. Uh, but if, so if you're you saying in Obama Shaw, are there many Baptist churches? You will count hundreds of churches. Hundreds of Baptist churches. Even now, you know, in Obama Shaw, because it has become the home for Baptist work, we have the the Nigeria Baptist Theological Seminary. It was finally located in Obomosho with a very large space of land. Another thing is we have the Baptist Medical Center, the one of the best hospitals in Nigeria. And uh, now it has been renamed to uh, Bowen University Teaching Hospital. Wow. And not only that, we have a place for the leper that was started by the Baptists, the white Baptists, the, the white missionaries. We also have a place for the motherless, which they are still there. In fact, Bowen started a great a great war, and the seed is growing every day, especially in Obomosho. Obomosho is a conference on its own in the Baptists. Yes, and so tell me this. Where is, as far as um, Nigeria has received many missionaries, but now you are sending your own. So tell us about the state of missionary sending from Nigeria, both to other ethnic groups within the country and to other nations. Okay. 
uh, is a sign to show the world that we are grateful to what the American did for us. They showed us love of Christ. And to obey the Great Commission, we also know to see that we need to go out beyond our shore. Today, we can talk about almost eight um, mission stations outside Nigeria. We have more than uh, 20 home mission feed in Nigeria. And today, we are sending missionaries. Even we have missionaries in the UK. We have missionaries in Togo. We have missionaries in Benin Republic. We have missionaries in Burkina Faso. We have missionaries in charge. We have missionaries in Mali and Mozambique. And they are doing well today. That's something. I think on the um, one of the um, WhatsApp feeds that you and I share, you, there was a missionary from Nigeria who had a birthday, but I think he lives in Mali. Is that right? Yes, 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 yes. And I think it's wonderful how... Uh, you, you are all involved in that. And we, um, as your, your brothers and sisters in Christ, we pray for you. We pray that that will continue to spread. Um, we know that, uh, God Amen. has positioned, uh, Nigerian Baptists in a very special way to continue carrying the gospel to the nations. Brother Allen, would you do us the privilege of praying for us and thanking God for the life of Brother Bowen, but also praying that God would continue to raise up missionaries from Nigeria and from the United States to go and to tell the, 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 to the furthest people on earth the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay. Our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great missionary, thank you for the love you've shown to the world and to the African. Thank you for raising the man like Bowen to come to Africa, even in this other region, to preach and even live with us. And thank you, Father, for allowing this seed to germinate and grow. Thank you for the Nigerian Baptist Convention, all its arms, how you are helping us. And thank you, God, for all our missionaries on the field. Thank you for all our local churches. And thank you also for the American uh, Southern Baptist Convention for this. East Street Podcast. Thank you for the, the team of um, David Brandy and Peter Scott and his team. Thank you for this grace. Lord, I pray this great feat that we are doing, we bring more so to you. And those that have never known Christ, we see Jesus on this platform. And Lord, I pray that more missionaries will be raised from our churches. Mm -hmm. People that are ready to give up their lives and to save people for you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus Christ's name, I've prayed. Amen. 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 Brother Allen, thank Amen. you so much for everything that you've shared with us. And I know it's very late there, but thank you for taking your time. And please give um, our love to your family. And um, may the Lord continue to bless you. And I hope you and I will keep, keep uh, in contact with each other, okay? Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. So God bless you. Until next time, this is David Brady for Missions History Podcast. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Missions History Podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And check out more great content like this at imb.org.